Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. We got Katie Flower here. I am Chad Parsons, and this is a Senior Bowl week special. Katie Flower is on the ground and uh, at the at the Senior Bowl watching practice. And it's been an, an interesting journey to get to where we are recording the show, whether it was this week, but also in in previous weeks. And just to to clarify that I am not there. Um, I had a, a family emergency or developing situation come up. And so Katie was still going to go. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's much appreciated. Being there in person is so much different than even watching the tape. You know, if, if you do that through the, the media credentials or especially uh, the danger, right, Katie, of just seeing a couple clips now and again about a the, the drumbeat, the Amara Darbo clause a, uh, for a player in Mobile where you just see it uh, retweeted on Twitter, let's say, or shown on NFL Network uh, on loop for 48 hours. And you think that that is the how the story developed for that player for that week. It can be really easy if you're not there and, and truly gar- gaining that information yourself. So uh, I did want to, you know, so you teachers know, uh, you know, Katie is doing great stuff in terms of collecting that information, sharing that information, and uh, and basically being our eyes and ears there in Mobile in 2022 here. I really wanted to tweet a few things, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to spoil anything for the podcast either. So I have been sitting on my thumbs <laughs> and uh, just, just behaving myself, even though I see other people posting and I do the eye roll emoji like uh, I don't actually post anything, but it's like, man, I would really like to respond to that, but I can't. <laughs> flamethrower, flamethrower time. Um, so just to clarify about some of the mechanics, and and to be fair, we've we've talked for a few minutes, uh, Katie and I, before we started the show, but not a ton. So this is going to be inquisitive, Chad, which some people like, some people don't like, with all the uh, the questions I have. But I wanted to ask mechanically. So it was a virtual weigh-in, right? And they released. I saw the information be released by Jim Nagy on, I believe it was Monday. And normally that would have been first thing Tuesday morning in person. You could have been in the room when that information is being measured, but also revealed to all the the credentialed media. Am I correct in that? Were there any, uh, was there any push and, and pull in terms of being different than, uh, than that for the actual information about the players physically? That ended up working out fine. I mean, it's it's fun to sit there and watch them come across the stage and get measured and yeah. tweet out live. But did you get I a packet? Also, I also did you get a packet of no, of, of their their like oh here's the the stuff that they emailed you or whatever like here's the actual height weight all that stuff. No, I did go to the website to get it and put it on my spreadsheet okay. from there. But no, I didn't get a packet. I got the rosters, their numbers, their schools. Yeah. you know the minimal, but. Media uh, availability, Katie. So what yeah. was what did they actually put out? Did anything change from either your expectation or what was distributed by Sunday, Monday versus what you actually experienced when you were there and, and that availability of players? No, I mean, they they had 
players available after practice. I did not choose to go down to the field to interview anybody um, just because being alone and, and uh, gotcha. driving the whole way here and stuff. So I, uh, I did see a couple of interviews on the local news. They plaster it on the TVs down here, which yeah. is kind of neat, uh, especially the rivalries between a defensive player and an offensive player, both from the same school going at it against each other in practice and kind of joking about it and stuff. Was there a formal media event yeah. uh, at any point in time? Yes. And I did not attend Bama University skirts. I stayed at a hotel near the university instead of downtown. And so it was just more convenient to stay yeah. at the hotel rather than try to get downtown. If you'd have been here, I would have gone, but you know, it's just, being alone, yeah. I did not attend the media event, but they yeah, did gotcha. have one. Yeah, and and I went and from what I saw, again, I just saw in passing, you know, some of the things that were being distributed via email that it was going to be uh, still. It wasn't like full access to everybody. That's what we were most familiar with. Kind of walk around. Hey, you recognize somebody? Uh, you see their you know number or you know how they're you know what they're wearing for their for the team designation. You go ah, you know, I'd like to talk to. Uh, Jamal Williams or um, whoever. Um, So it sounded like it was being a lot more canned of like, here's the 14 players, uh, you know, that over, over that event, it seemed like it was going to be more that way anyway. And just to remind folks that they did move the location. We were at uh, the, I think it was lad people's uh, stadium until this year was going to be the full on switch to the new South care, South Alabama stadium, which is a pretty divergent location. When you talk about, well, if everyone stays downtown, the new stadium is what 35, 40, 45 minutes, depending on the day and the, the traffic or whatever. And so it really is a decision. Do you want to be close to the stadium or do you want to be close to downtown or maybe the area you previously stayed because of the other stadium? So that, that was one yeah. thing that you had to make a, a choice of, you know, where do you want your drive time to potentially be? Yeah. Yeah. The traffic is bad down here. So yeah. even four miles, I'm four miles from South Alabama where my hotel was and four miles took 15 to 20 minutes yeah. just just to get there from the hotel. So I can't even gotcha. imagine downtown what right. that would be. Or going vice versa. Exactly. All right. So let's let's get to some players. You also, I, what I like is, I think you, you had a, a few notes or maybe you texted me uh, about the coaching staff. So go over how it's, it's funny to observe how different teams run things different ways. We've seen a number of different teams and staffs and they change over annually a lot of times as well. And so we had the Jets as, as well as the Lions coaching the teams this year. What were your thoughts about how, you know, who runs a tight ship and how were things going just in the practice and the mechanics there? It almost felt to me like they were told that they had to run a really low-key practice because both teams at the end of the day ran very low key, very poor use of time, poor use of time regarding how many touches. Yeah. Just they did have the clock going and they did switch up every 10, 15 minutes, but they weren't making maximum use of the time. It wasn't high or up tempo like I've seen in the past. So not blowing whistles and it's like everyone run over here and now you're going to this positional group over here. Like you, like we've seen some military militaristic, runnings you know of the of the ship but even even when they ran to get to the next drill station they were only doing like one person at a time it yeah it was just you should be doing 
something that involves a lot more people, especially when you have such a finite amount of time. But anyway, even the Lions, who we mm -hmm. saw them a couple years ago, but that was Matt Patricia then, they ran a much more up-tempo a couple years ago compared to this. Both teams this year were just, I thought, poor use of time and not optimized, just the drills yeah. that they were doing, not optimized. They were doing stretching on the field instead of prior to getting to the field. They wasted 15 minutes just in warm-ups and stuff that they could have been doing prior to getting on the field. Wow. Yeah. So and we'll see if that comes out, you know, on the final product of how sloppy is it potentially for, uh, for game day, you know, the actual right. performance at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, we also, we already get, you know, some of those, uh, some of those blocks in, in the practice sessions with special teams, you know, which is something that, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun to look at and the ball is flying through the air, you know, with the kicks and stuff like that, but there's not a lot other than who's going to be the returners of the running backs and wide receivers. There's not really a whole lot to glean there other than, yeah, the guys that returned in college are probably going to get an opportunity or maybe be the favorite guys to have that role for that week. Other than that, there, so that we already had some, you know, at least for us, it, it was a, like a de optimized span of time with the special teams. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's start with the quarterback. So let's start with the, uh, the national team, which is the Jets there. And, and this was a, a roster with Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter and Carson Strong. So this is a, a pretty good group. And the one point that, that, that I was expecting going into this week is basically everyone but Matt Corral of the top four, five, six guys you, you hear over and over again, they're here. So you got to see five of the six on, on the two depth charts. And what I love is you got three right here between Ritter and Strong, maybe looking to kind of crack into round one or get a little higher pick it can consider the number one guy. How did you view them in, in the practice time this week there for that national team? Of those three, the way the rotation is Pickett is the QB one for that team. Strong is number two and Ritter is number three. Ritter uh, looks really skinny to me. And I know that he didn't, um, none of them weighed in lighter than what we expected, but he still, he doesn't look, well, he Ritter did. Like, like I was concerned. 207 pounds for his height is not great for quarterback. And when you're below about 210, it does become a bigger deal. You want thickness. And so so he looks up that part as well of just being stretched out and a little thinner than you would absolutely like. Right. And okay. for a running for a mobile quarterback, I right. think he's just banged around. I don't I don't I don't see him as round one. I don't even see him as round three okay. to be honest but his projection is, is is now in the 40s or 50s so he's he's closer to being cemented in round two more than oh he's got chances to be number one in round one it it's still going to be a reach even in round two this year okay. there's going to be a lot of reaching for quarterback i was not yeah. impressed at all carson strong i'm going to rename him to carson weak because oh. he really doesn't have a good deep ball he does not have a good deep ball so he the has ones an that he average threw, at best arm the ones that he threw were wobbly. They were okay. ducks. They were inaccurate. And, you know, inside the 25 yard line, he stick can, throws. he can throw, he can stick those pretty good, but that long, uh, of you know, 20 yard out or, you know, where you're trying to get it to the sideline real quick. I don't know that he's got the arm the legit for throws. that in the NFL. The legit throws. Yeah. Right. Okay. The legit, you know, this is when you know moving. who has a above average arm. Right. 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 And he and needs to be that, right? Because weather. he's 
Okay. So, so yeah, windiness, uh, what was the temperature? And I rain. mean, tough. Okay. It was 62 and raining and okay. yesterday it was 64 and sunny. Okay. And even yesterday, yesterday was my, my biggest day for observing the weak, weak downfield arm. He really, and mm. I think the thing is, is, I think that they got him on film connecting with dubs on one of the plays and that went all over Twitter and everybody's like, Oh, yeah. Carson Strong's going to be first round. Right. Man. Watch the whole he thing. He really doesn't. He really doesn't look the part. He does that's not. One throw. Not to me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It, yeah. That's and that's the one they captured that they're gonna just paste right. all over the place. But when you when you watch him, he he has to heel click together just to gather himself to get that He's load up. to throw the ball, and then it's just a duck. Like so, it looks like he's a he, he a really has to apply himself. B, it's not nat- a natural arm strength. He's really gotta gotta get it there. You know, and and yeah, yeah. and you you things aren't going to be perfect in the NFL. That that's one of the things of like, and that's why you have the benefit. I mean, extreme examples, someone like Josh Allen or Mahomes or these type or Herbert, where things don't have to be right, and they still have a gun, and and that's the the real differentiator. Not that arm strength is the lone factor, but again, when you're talking about upside and you're talking about a high draft pick potential, that that needs to come more into focus here. Um, Kenny Pickett, yeah, and we did. Did he look well before we? Go Before ahead. we yeah. get to Kenny Pickett, yeah. I just want to remind the, the listeners that you and I were at the Senior Bowl five years ago. We knew there weren't any quarterback prospects in that class, and there weren't. That was confirmed. A couple years ago, we saw Justin Herbert. We saw Jalen Hurts. And there is nobody that's even close to Justin Herbert, even Sam Howell. And I know we'll get to him because yeah. he's on the other team. But there's nobody compared to Justin Herbert. Well, I remember uh, Baker Mayfield. This, I mean, we didn't think Baker Mayfield to, per se had a gun. Oh, okay. Well, I he still didn't have year. a gun. And yet yep. he, but, but I loved how he made it. Like he was doing all the little things well that you wanted to see in terms of yep. leadership, but also just running the drills, uh, looking off uh, fake defenders, you know, to work on extra accuracy and, and, and pretending like it's, it's reps. So, so even though he didn't have a gun, he still did a lot of things beyond that that uh, that were helpful. Um, and then we have Kenny Pickett, who you said he's being treated like the, the clear-cut starter. Did he... I remember Justin Herbert striking me this way of like, he was just leading guys. Like he he was always, uh, you know, talking, talking to his receiving group and just players on his uh, senior bowl team. And he, he looked like the captain, so to speak. I am the captain now. And is did Kenny Pickett take on that leadership role was that evident you know from the get-go and during the the practice time i didn't see a whole lot of interaction between the quarterbacks and the wide receivers or between the quarterbacks and the tight ends you know the patting on the helmet the talking them up any of that okay but however that being said kenny pickett for for sure was throwing with a sense of urgency running running his plays like you know, it was a two minute drill. He, he clearly was taking it seriously and he's got some zip on his arm, but again, I don't think he's overly strong downfield. He of the three was the most accurate of those three. But again, to say that he's the most accurate of those three doesn't, isn't really a, uh, right. a big <laughs> uh, litmus test for him, but. Okay. What, what's the, cause I've heard varying things, the mobility factor, um, did he look like a guy that has legitimate rushing upside or did he look like a guy that, you know, can do the play action fake and roll out and actually get to the edge beyond 
beyond a defensive end. And like there's there's functional mobility, and then there's I could see him running for four, five, six hundred yards. Like what kind of category did he fit in for the the movement aspect of Pickett's game? He's probably mobile enough, but I don't see him as being a running quarterback in the NFL. Being the top four, five, six of the position when we look at right. just brass tacks per game or stats or things like that. Okay. Right. But but he's mobile. Mobile and and, and could actually aid aid his performance in that fashion. Okay, let's move over to uh, American. So this is the American team with the Lions coaching staff and Malik Willis. Uh, he was definitely someone that I would have highlighted uh, if I were there just because you know, you talk about playing for Liberty, you talk about a guy that has movement and rushing potentials all oozing all over the place, but the isolating the passing part was going to be critical for him this week. Yeah, uh, he's somebody that when he's under center, he does look like he owns the team and, you know, he's very vocal. So I, I like that part of him. He's clearly, you know, thick and looks like he's not going to break on one hit or whatever. He, he could, looks like he's a Timex could take a look at and keep on ticking. Six foot two twenty was a really nice way. in in my opinion for him, that's tall enough. But you know, not being two ten or two oh eight something to me was a, a relatively big deal. If we are putting it on uh, on the measurements, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you remember all my comments two years ago about Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. uh, but I would say that Willis is a worse passer than Jalen Hurts. Uh, he had moments. He had moments, and again, those were the ones, those were the ones that people were keying in on was oh my goodness he just dropped a dime on Danny Gray and yeah. this and that it's like yeah but the last six passes were in the freaking dirt and this like, and this is and this is doing like one-on-ones where you literally just drop back there okay throw the ball there's no rush there's no like all these stressors of an actual game action are not even there so you got to be i mean you pretty much got to put it on guys i mean this is against air this is drill. Right. Well, and there were times when it was yeah. against contact where they had okay. the defensive back. And even then he couldn't find the window I got you. and, you know, he's got decent arm strength. So not I'm, naturally I'm accurate not is how you describe him. Yeah, exactly. He's not an accurate passer. He can, he has arm strength more so than some of the other guys, but and well, when you say he's, he's, he's below, when you say below uh, Jalen hurts, I mean, let's keep in mind that when we saw Jalen hurts, at at the senior bowl it was um you know his the things we're seeing in the nfl are exactly what we saw which is jalen hurts had a slow processor that week it's like get the ball out get the ball out can you throw the ball like this is you should know where the ball like where it's going get the ball out and we're seeing that in the nfl he holds it he holds it he's 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 rolling out he's he's waiting 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 and then he either makes a bad decision or eats it or whatever and that's what's tearing him down. Like that has me high concern. And it sounds like Malik Willis, you're coming out of this week that there's concerns here. Now, big, now how much he does rushing in the NFL and you know, how, how uh, elite and high level he is in that regard. Uh, but it sounds like work in progress. And you know what? Work in progress as a passer pretty much just means you're always in progress. Right. And there's very few exceptions. Josh Allen was a unicorn. He right. had some... He had, he had huge arm strength, but he had some footwork issues that his coaches had been ragging on him all about in college. 
friendly after year one. It's not the you like if you want to look at fantasy upside, I think Malik Willis has the highest upside of anybody that here this week. Right. The highest upside as a fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if he has a contract beyond his rookie contract. Right. Well, either. well, you need two years so, in and you're gonna have Jalen Hurts questions of like, well, we know if he starts and he plays like fantasy wise, he's gonna be fine. But is an NFL team going to hook their wagon to him? And I guess the thing, the, the one qualifier question, and I don't expect you to be definitive on this, but can he be a poor man's Lamar Jackson? That's, that's a really good question because, you know, he started off at Auburn and he, he was battling Bo Nix for crying out loud, who is not all that good himself. And he couldn't make it at Auburn in the SEC. So he goes to Liberty, much smaller school, much lower competition. And yeah, his, his stats are fairly good, but they're not, they're not oh, no, where they need not. to be. Like of all the quarterbacks, he's probably six. You would think if six. a highly mobile, highly mobile, if he was going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick and you say you got to play at Liberty, what'd you do? You would probably, and, and he's, uh, again, a, a not a unicorn, but just a, a, again, a high-level athlete for the position. You say, how did he do? He should have done better is probably the answer. Right, right. Yeah. And statistically, he doesn't, his numbers don't pop. Nope. Like where you would expect them to be for a first-round pick. So I think he's going to be overdrafted. It doesn't mean I'm not interested, right. but... I just didn't think and he think was as as freaky as a an athlete as Lamar Jackson. And then I don't right. even think his natural, like I always liken Lamar Jackson to Michael Vick. When you see the arm talent, I didn't say he's super accurate. He's going to be a tactician and all this kind of stuff. But when you just see him, you know, drop his elbow and, and, and sling it. I mean, Lamar Jackson's right there with Michael Vick and some of these other guys. And Malik Willis, when the games I've watched, he is behind that. Behind that as yeah. a pure arm talent, and I don't think he's quite as freaky as a runner. Now, poor, you know. So, how low do you go on the poor man's Lamar Jackson spectrum? Is the big question. But I don't think you know. If you start moving to Jalen Hurts, I think we're both having you know talking through it some questions about you know, d- like you said, does he get past two, three, four years? Whatever insulation he has of going where he does in the NFL draft, what happens then? Do you have any allegiance or confidence beyond that point? more so than other players. Right. Um, Bailey Zappi. So small schooler. Uh, he's got a pretty interesting story. What are your thoughts on him uh, coming out of, of early practice here? I've got zero interest in him. Uh, okay. He's QB three on his team. He does not look the part. He, he doesn't have an overly strong arm. And Looks like day three. His, the things you're saying sound yeah. like day three. Yeah. Maybe. And again, well, yeah. right. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, really developmental. Can he stick around and more. be, he's mobile. He's thick. Like, it, like on paper, he kind of looks like tra- uh, Taylor Heineke to me. And obviously Taylor Heineke and what he actually did, the opportunities he's had with Washington is far beyond. Again, I'm not going into that. I'm talking about as a prospect of a guy that, you know, he, he's got some moxie. He's got some mobility. Arm strength. Isn't really a thing. And, you know, frankly, not ever going to be a, a true high level option. It's kind of how I thought of him before the weekend. It sounds like you're just kind of shoulder shrug. Yeah, I think he's more of a clipboard holder backup, and okay. he may get some games here and there. Um, I, but, again, another small schooler. He went to a small school, and then he went to a small school upgrade. Again, yeah, upgrading still, from a smaller school to a small school. 
<laughs> right, exactly. So I, I'm not interested. I got you. All right. And last one. And, and frankly, this might be uh, the first, one of the, the best one, one of, one of the, uh, the best ones, Sam Howell here. Uh, so again, yeah. for, for the American team and was he running or was Willis running as the starter? And then what are your thoughts on Howell? Howell was running as the starter with Willis is number two and then Zappi is three. And I think Howell deserves every bit of the QB one. I think he's the best quarterback of the six that are here. And I think that Matt Corral could even be even better than Sam Howell. Right. We won't know until In the, the combine and stuff like that. Right. But this is not the year where we're going to have five quarterbacks in the first round. And if we do, then that's a huge, huge, huge reach by NFL teams just because, I mean, they need the position if that happens. But I don't see that happening. I, I could see only one of these guys ending up a starter long term beyond their rookie contract. And I'm leaning towards Matt Corral. But if anybody has a shot, Sam Howell has that potential shot. He didn't have a great year offensively at North Carolina, but his body of work for three seasons, 27 games as a starter. Statistically, he has the best stats of anybody that's here this week. And he looks the part. I mean, he's thick. He's got a decent arm. He he's accurate. He's a leader. Uh, Everything that you want in a quarterback, he's kind of like a safe NFL play i don't know that he's going to be a great fantasy asset i mean other than the fact if it's super flex and you need somebody that's reliable he could end up being in that range of outcomes but i don't see him being a top 12 guy yeah the profile uh i would argue is is the best you know uh, on paper of of anyone when you go who kind of deserves to maybe go top five top 10 top 15 and and if it's a month I don't know if everyone else has a really great argument to do so. And he's got sort of the best profile of maybe a, a spotted class at best. Um, and how I think is the wild card right now. I think he's projected to be QB three or four off the board. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's one or two, you know, I, I think that's still in play and it's very much, uh, it's very much uh, a possibility for him going through this process. And Matt Corral, obviously it sounds like Matt Corral independent of his own profile, but also, these these guys not really impressing you by and large. It makes Corral look better just because you look at that comparison point of oh, maybe it's crowded in the top four, five, six. Well, not so much because I'm kind of crossing through names here as we go. On average, only two quarterbacks per year over the last 25 years have made it to their second contract and as a starter in the NFL. And I wouldn't be surprised if none of these guys make it to be honest. I mean, we had five quarterbacks taken in last year's draft. If three or four of them do make it, that doesn't leave any room for this year's class. And again, it's an average, but it's such a hard position to transition to the NFL. The windows are much, much smaller. The game is much faster. Uh, There's a lot of adjustments. We'll see. I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday to see how they do, you know, against real live defenses. They did some 11 on 11. They did, and today was, like I said, windy and wet. I did not stay for the national practice because we're supposed to be getting a freeze. I'm driving to Arkansas so I can get there safely before that freezing rain and snow happens. But a lot of people are leaving early because of that. Two flights are going to be delayed or canceled. And it's just going to get really rainy, really wet tomorrow as well. 
Yeah, I was looking back at some of these classes, and I, I, I the one that maybe is most similar, it just in terms of there's a lot of murkiness here, and the draft position didn't come around, which was the 2013 EJ Manuel class, where he goes 16. You've got 39 for Geno Smith and Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, Ryan Nassib plummeted from people thought he might be a, a top 10 pick. I think it was during that Syracuse season. Uh, just not great you know, across the board. Now, I don't think it's going to be that bad, like two quarterbacks total in the top 40, but there's potential there. You know, there's certainly yeah, potential yeah. that we don't see a quarterback off the board till the teens, which is pretty uncommon for any class. And I've already heard uh, whether it was move the sticks or a few other shows where they say, oh yeah, like QB one this year would be QB six next year. So that's behind Mac yeah. Jones. That's, that's behind yeah, well, the, the, the guys that were top 15 off the board. I had one of my buddies run stats and I said, how do, how does this class of six guys compare to, and I gave him a list of quarterbacks mm -hmm. and Mac Jones was the highest ranked of yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, now that we have more information we're factoring in the rookie season as well. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting super flex rookie draft setting because we know people go after positions and uh, I, I think Jordan and I, either online or offline did a, did a, just a, a spitfire discussion of just, there's not, I think quarterback in, in dynasty right now is thinner where you've got some older, older folks, but you've, you know, Brady is out and you've got some, you know, non-allegiance there. Like if some people have Jalen hurts high, some people wouldn't really touch him at his current price. And, and just how many guys can you look ahead two years and say, yep, I expect him to be an NFL starter. I don't think there is a whole lot of risk here. I believe a few years ago, we, I was in the 22 to 24 quarterback range of being able, able to answer that question. It could be down in the low teens right now of who qualifies on that list, which is a little scary sight, especially if you consider four or five, six relevant names this year and getting potentially pushed up in rookie drafts. Um, all right. So running back a little tougher to fleece out. Let's go. We'll, uh, we'll boomerang here. So we're going to stay with the American team and those quarter, uh, those running backs, excuse me, Brian Robinson, Devante price, Damian Pierce, and Zaquandre white, who is a, a later ad there. So you got those four running backs, um, just between them, what kind of stood out? What were some of your observations? Yeah. The, uh, American team did not have was bad, but the Lions practice was even almost like they just said it would be worse. They didn't do as many passing drills with the running backs, blocking drills with the running backs, or showing them out. And the, the thing that just – Brian Robinson looks the part. He was strong. He looked great. Jamie Pierce from Florida is a – he looks like a bowling ball. He's, yeah. he's short, and, and he's got some good weight to him. But he didn't really do a whole lot. So, again, I'm looking more forward to the game. The American team didn't highlight their running backs as much, and I'm not staying for the practice today. So I only got to see him once. The only one that stood out was our boy Brian Robinson. Okay. Yeah, and I, I do think you know we have two or three guys that are currently projected higher than Brian Robinson, but I think Robinson is pretty sneaky within this class, especially if he ends up going like, you know, late day two or even day three, where you say there's some value in, in a rookie draft to be had here. And yeah, Damian Pierce with that way in uh, of not being five ten or five eleven, and, you know, two ten, two fifteen, but five nine two twenty, that is stacked in terms of yep. thickness. And so he, yep. if he works out well, 
he's the type where he was a big time recruit, if memory serves. I, I don't think it was a five star, but a high four star guy. He went to a major program. And yeah. I know the production isn't there, but intriguing physical profile, especially if he goes day three and it's like, oh, it's like a third round, fourth round rookie pick. I, I think that is absolutely palatable for the the profile. Yeah. Um, and then uh and then yeah, Devontae Price is like so skinny that it's like we can just probably move on in terms of how stretched yeah. out he is. Yeah, I mean, he looked like he had some speed, but he yeah. really, yeah, really so, skinny. So running backs for the national side, uh, Rashad White uh, was there, more of the the pass-centric guy out of Arizona State. We've got Hassan Haskins, who was on the list, but yet you, you said, I think, before the show, not really uh, any, like, why was he not there? Didn't see him. Tyler Batty, uh, was there Beatty? Uh, there Beatty. at Beatty for Missouri. You've got Abram Smith, who is a late sort of arrival to being on the dynasty or NFL draft consciousness. And then you've got Jerome Ford as well for, for the national team. Yeah. Jerome Ford looked the part. He's not as big as, I mean, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jamal Williams. Um, Beatty, every time I looked over, he was doing something good. He's not flashy, mm-hmm. but he was always doing the right thing. And he seemed like, whether it was just keeping the legs churning or cutting the ball outside or catching the ball. He was not great, but not steady bad. Eddie. He was, he's steady Eddie. And like I said, every single time that I looked at him, he was doing the right thing. I kept, I kept saying, okay, 25, 25, <laughs> that's Beatty. And uh, he put up a really good senior year. Now I, he, I think he's 23 years old and on the older side for a running back, but he couldn't, he could make a team, pretty happy and he's he's one of those i don't see him as the lead back but he could be a good 1a 1b and and possibly fantasy relevant we'll see how he works out at the combine yeah pretty dominant receiving uh profile he was productive enough as a runner but what i liked was his uh weigh in at 58199 is thick enough, you know, over that 30 yeah. BMI threshold. And like you said, it, does he check out with the workout well enough for his size? But there's intrigue there, especially as a number two or one B, as you kind of mentioned that, you know, uh, those guys can get starting opportunities for cross sections, but probably not a guy, at least out of the gate that you're going to lean on and, and project him to be a potential starter, but you can have value. Otherwise, I, I do want to see if he can kind of rise. Like you said, this was a good start of the process for uh for Beatty at the senior bowl to at least push for you know is he on day three now you know can he can he move up the hierarchy just a little bit for uh for the draft uh implications in a few months uh Rashad White did you see much of him as the receiving centric guy uh as a taller Kenyon Drake style back well yes and no it was Hmm. funny because yesterday in the drills where they were doing some passing drills he looked like he was fighting the ball every single time that he caught it. Not a natural hands catcher, uh, at least yesterday. Today, he looked a little better in the rain, in the wet, in the wind, and he's definitely got some speed to him. He, he's just got such a big top half, and his calves are so skinny. Oh. You look over at him, he's got some speed, but man, uh, okay. I, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what to make of him. I think he's the number one back for his team. I think they've got him in the starter right. role, uh, which. Well, it sounds know, like he might be even at two ten. He stretched out a little bit and not really built optimally for the position. And yet he may not be one that ends up getting that lead back or potential lead back love for the NFL. Right. So, okay. 
he looked decent, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm not like enamored. I got gotcha. you. Skinny calves. <laughs> yeah. Skinny yeah. calves guy. And, and his, yeah, his thighs probably weren't uh, enough to make up for that or anything like that. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, we'll go to, we'll do tight end. Uh, that'll be relatively quick here. So nationals. Uh, so same team there. You got Trey McBride, Charlie Kohler, Cole Turner, and uh, actually Jeremy Ruckert and Jake Ferguson. So it's a big group, five tight ends. They get to run a lot of routes. They do some blocking stuff as well. And I find tight ends, you can definitely uh, aid the scouting process when you're there at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, the, the two guys that impressed the most, and everybody was gushing about uh, both of these guys yesterday and even today, Jeremy Ruckert is so smooth. Everybody was questioning man why didn't he get much playing time at Ohio State it's like look at their running game look at all the wide receivers you almost got to give them the the Alabama running back type uh, pass on not having the stats but boy he was tough up the middle he was good route runner catching low passes catching high passes he caught everything it seemed and then Trey McBride tough strong good hands just smart guy you can see him use his body uh come back to the ball on those uh you know curl routes or whatever getting open and just making sure to, to give the quarterback a good target like those two were the most consistent i like ferguson also and charlie kohler also but they're clearly a step or maybe even two steps is it turner cole turner he, he might as well just not even show up for the game Saturday. Oh, that's tough when you got a stacked up chart because, you know, you get lost yeah. and all of a sudden you're dubbed tight end five. I mean, you're going to get completely lost. Yeah. And, uh, well, and yeah, and so Rucker- he is lost. You watch him. Yeah. He's lost. He doesn't even he, he's not physical. He's not tough. He's he's like, I don't even know why he's there. I got you. And that's interesting because Cole Turner was one that I definitely wanted to uh, learn more about. He's a former wide receiver. I thought there'd be some good movement. He finally moved to a tight end and he, he grew into a frame with a good workout. But like you're saying, it sounds like it's a, who was that tight end from? I'm trying to think. I think it was the year we were there together most recently. Stefan. Stefan Sullivan of just like, yeah, he just kind of looked like not a baby deer, but just like, uh, it's so rough around the edges. He has a few moments and obviously there's size and movement there, but just it's not enough of a refinement for a position that's already slow moving in the, the transition to the NFL. Right. Okay. And Ruckert, I'm kind of surprised. I've seen more day three than day two conversation with him. It sounds like you wouldn't be surprised if he does get into day two. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think he's the kind of guy that can kill the combine. Okay. And he's got the size. He's got the wheels. He's got such smooth hands. I, I think that, right. you know, in the interview process, I bet you he does great. The kind of guy that didn't have the production, but has all the other tools that you want him to have. Uh, moving over to the uh, the rest of the tight ends on the other team here. We've got small schooler, Coastal Carolina, Isaiah Likely, Grant Calcaterra. Great story with him in terms of leaving football, coming back, SMU finishing his time in college. Daniel Bellinger, who I actually didn't really have uh, any reason down in the projection model. And I was going to wait for your thoughts to see if I should even add him this time of year. And then Greg Dolchich, uh, pretty interesting uh, sleeper potential coming into this week out of UCLA. Yeah, I'm very disappointed with this group of tight ends. The other team got loaded with tight end and these guys. I'm very disappointed with Grant Calcaterra. 
Um, he seems almost like somebody put a 6,000 pound weight on his head and pushed down his legs. He's got very short legs and a big torso, like it, it, just a weird build. Um, okay. it, so I don't know what his arm span ended up being, but, uh, he, he didn't dominate none of these tight ends. And I, I didn't even see Isaiah likely never okay. once did I look at his number. Never once did he catch my eye. So I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> uh, what color his helmet is. Uh, gotcha. I just never, never even noticed. And that's not a good thing. If you yeah. are watching a group of guys and, and a guy doesn't even, doesn't even catch your attention once, that's not a good sign. Bad sign. Yeah. And Calcaterra, 33 inch arms, which is pretty uh, low, you know, it's below average for the position there for tight yeah. end. Um, Dolchich, that doesn't you, surprise me. you have a, bull, a bullet point or two on Dolchich? He, he did catch my eye a couple of times, but they didn't really do a lot with the tight ends compared to yeah, the national team. team. Okay. Um, and again, their practice was really bad yesterday, and I'm not going to be there for today's practice to compare and see if they do a better job, unfortunately. But I wasn't that impressed, even with Dolchich, although I did watch some of his film during the season, and I liked what I saw, so I'm not giving up on him completely but the other ones i've got no interest in bellinger or the other dude okay all right and wide receiver uh we might as well start um over here with the national team because uh one of the bigger points is we did not have um we did not have Jahan dotson who frankly would have been the headliner of this position he's probably got the best chance of any of them to push for round one in the NFL draft. He might be the only guy of this entire group that would have uh, been in the top 45 or 50. So uh, Jahan Dotson, not there. And that gave extra reps. And really it's a quarterback and wide receiver week for practice. Cause you get a lot of reps with those positions. Yeah, it was disappointing. I was so looking forward to seeing Jahan Dotson. I love the guy. You mentioned but him like two he, months ago when we were talking about the senior bowl and the, and the trip yeah. and all of that stuff. And you're like Jahan Dotson, he's, he frankly, I mean, especially of these two rosters, he was one of your guys, one of your guys that yeah. you're like, I'm going to watch him very, very closely dynasty implications yep. here. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he, he did, didn't attend. I don't know if you, if you wanted to share any more on that, but so that left it pretty wide open uh, for the rest of the wide receivers on this depth chart. And just to, to, to rapid fire who those are, Khalil Shakir, you got Alec Pierce, Romeo Daubs, and uh, Christian Watson, Bo Melton, and Braylon Sanders, who Braylon Sanders, I think, played in the NFLPA and then got promoted or added uh, later in the process because of he, he performed well that previous week. Yeah, uh, I was most looking forward to seeing Braylon Sanders. He's got huge hands for a small guy. But he gets cocky. He seems to me like he likes to get a little too cute. Instead of keeping it simple and just making a catch, he wants to make everything look like it's, you know, an ESPN highlight. And Level of difficulty. Is, yeah, and I think that is going to be a detriment to him. He's He was constantly being talked to by his coaches. He dropped – he was on the kick return uh, team, and I watched a little bit. Like, he had balls bouncing off his chest. Uh, just I, – I was not – I walked away unimpressed with him. I think he's got some potential, but he's not all that big of a dude. And his hands are great hand size, but I don't think he's a disciplined, from what I saw, I don't think he's a disciplined type of guy that's going to work his butt off to make it. And, and I just didn't see that with him. 
Okay. Yeah. Romeo, uh, Romeo Daubs, just to say one thing that you mentioned that Carson strong uh, connection with him and, you know, they had one ooh and ah sort of play. Did he end up, you know, not with strong specifically, but was he one that uh, impressed at all because he's a potential top hundred pick in, in early projection? He he's the kind of wide receiver that looks the part. He's thick. He's athletic. He had decent hands. Yeah. He was running decent routes, but then there would be like, to some simple drops, uh, you know, into the ball and just let them. these quarterbacks haven't worked all that much with these wide receivers, but even still like some of those nuanced things, you've got to have that already, like coming back to the ball, you learned that in third grade. Uh, I mean, just, but I, I, I like him, but all the wide receivers, there were only a couple that, that caught my eye and, and really there, there's no Cooper Cups out there. There's no, I wouldn't even say Zay Jones. Remember how good he was? And right. look at the NFL career that he's had. Um, Christian Watson is interesting. He, in all the one on O drills, he doesn't have natural, he's not a natural hands catcher. He would bite the ball, you would hear it thunk on his hand. And that's not a good sign. Now, when he was doing running routes and one-on-ones he is a better route runner and but he's very he's got skinny skinny legs he's tall and kind of a skinny build but of all the wide receivers on both teams I would say he was the most reliable and and he would make catches and run better routes than anybody else but again that's not saying a lot because I don't know that I don't know that any of these guys are, none of them are top 50. There may be one right. or, or whatever, top 100, but. Yeah, and that's the, and that's the kind of projection. It's a lot of day day three and, and some yeah. UDFAs mixed in there for sure. Um, the yeah. other the other roster, we've got Calvin Austin. Well, hold on one sec. Oh, sorry. I, I did want to yeah. say Shakir, uh, Khalil Shakir had uh-huh. the best hands as far as receiving. He could, he had, he was the most natural hands catcher but he's not that great of a route runner and he's right. not that big he's kind of thick but he's not that big of a guy right. he's a hard worker and i think that he could end up making an nfl Sticking. team happy but i don't think he's a fantasy like any anybody that we need to really watch for and if you're not running great routes you better have good hands because someone's probably gonna be all over you right, um, right. all right so the other roster uh, to finish things out here we had calvin austin Danny Gray, uh, Jalen Tolbert, Vellis Jones, Trey Turner, and Dontario Drummond. So a six wide receiver subset here. Um, I, I wanted to ask just one question to lead off here because Calvin Austin, um, he was one that I found like on paper was intriguing. Uh, he's got some potential athleticism. He came in thicker than expected. He's very short. Do you see, I mean, other than return game, did you see a lot of offensive or that smaller dynamo potential out of him? Not a bit. Not a bit. No. Okay. So that's a quick conversation. Nope. All right. Yeah. Uh, so who did stand out for you on this uh, this squad over here for American with the Lions? The only one was Ontario Drummond, and yep. he's physically imposing, but he's he's an older guy. Um, so I don't I don't I don't see him as a superstar. He, he has the frame, though, 
that with the right staff and the right coaching, I mean, he, he may end up a fantasy asset somewhere down the line, but I don't see him. I don't see him as a very highly coveted type. None of these wide receivers are going to be highly coveted. Yeah. Dontario Drummond is I think 25 for his NFL debut, but yeah, that, like a 28, 29 BMI. He's got a lot of perks there. He produced well at community college before he transferred up with um, old miss there. So yeah, I think, it, I think it's intriguing, but I think it's easy to say that this is all we're looking at at the senior bowl. And I think you're doing a good job of, of making sure people know that just because they were the best here or the best of this team's roster here that you have to translate that to all the guys and the underclassmen and all this kind of stuff that aren't there that are going to be part of the combine. And in a few weeks, these the many of these guys will be quasi relics in terms of legitimately discussing the hierarchy of the positional group in the class. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about final thoughts? Is there something that goes beyond the 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 practice field and the activities, or just something you'd like to share about about Mobile? Uh, how five years from now, when we're discussing you know different years of the Senior Bowl, how you'll remember, or just something unique uh, that that made twenty twenty two for you. So two things. I really like the new stadium. The they have concessions open, which is nice. You can oh, wow. you don't have to leave to go get lunch in between <laughs> and then come back and try to find a parking spot again. Uh, they do have a little bit of undercover underneath uh, the bleachers, but for the most part, you're sitting out in the rain if you're going to sit in the in the bleachers. But just a really nice stadium, nice scoreboard. They had the music going during practice and. So that was fun. It was, I think it was more fun than Lad Peebles Stadium. And then Lad Peebles was frankly falling down. I mean, I think they were using it for some of the bigger high school games just to get more seats. But in terms of a a college stadium, it was definitely more lacking. And I'm sure that project to get South Alabama upgraded was a huge shot in the arm for them. Oh, yeah. And then the second thing, I got to meet Ray GQ and uh, recorded a very short vlog with him yesterday. Yes. Friend of the he's show. He was, nice on, he was on the show last year for yeah. us, right? Yeah. Yes, he was. And he's a local Dallas guy. So, uh, you know, just nice to run into to him and his crew and get to chit chat and his observations, you know, like a lot of the same players that I'm looking at and liking. He's He's got that same uh although he's a lot higher on Christian Watson. Although I did say of all the wide receivers, I think he's, he's among the best, but again, that's not saying a lot. Right. Um, Yeah. And what was your observation in terms of media attendance? I mean, we've had ones that, you know, everyone's squeezing into that, that weigh in room, you know, for, for that morning. I mean, it was jam packed. Um, What was your observation observation of just the overall volume of, you know, they're at the stadium versus previous years. We had the east side of the stadium for the media, and it was packed yesterday. Uh, today, it was probably half, and a lot of people standing up with umbrellas and and or standing underneath the bleachers so that they didn't get wet. I braved it and just sat there with my windbreaker. And, and was it I not had, cold? Uh, you, you said the temperature. So was it? Uh, did it have the feel of, you know, I'm kind of getting wet a little bit, and then it's cold enough that it's, it's really annoying or was it at least it was warm enough because we've had non-rainy but cold days where that wind blows and it's just like oh like when are we getting out like, i think i think one time didn't we just go sit in the car for like lunch break in the heater yeah we did but it was 62 so it wasn't too cold 
and I got soaked through. Even my hat was soaked all the way oh, to yeah. my to my hair. When when it got to that point, it, it there was only about twenty five minutes left in practice, and I was looking at the weather map. Like I said, I've got a eight hour drive, and we're having a ice storm in Arkansas and in North Texas. Yeah. which for this time of year is fairly normal, just the one week out of every year. And this happens to be the week. So rather than drive tomorrow or Friday in the ice and snow, I decided I'm just going to hightail it, make it home tonight or to my boyfriend's tonight so that I'm safe. I, I had seen enough of practice. I don't think my mind's going to change about too much of these players. And I'm looking forward to watching the game Saturday on television and seeing how they do against each other. Yeah. And I, I just want to commend you because I think you did a very good value judgment because we said before, how often from Tuesday first practice to ending Thursday, do, do we whiplash around and have a different view, a different prism of a player than when we started? It's very rare. If I, if I look through notes of, of the ones I've attended, it literally might be one player. And you're kind of notating right. progression from, man, they look lost. Next day, a little better. Final day, you know, it's not like they were the best of the position. So it's very rare. And and frankly, you know, we're gleaning between, you know, was he wide receiver four best, you know, fourth best of the week versus wide receiver seven. I don't know if there's a big, you know, the, the things that you have said, it's like, eh, not a great wide receiver class, not a great quarterback class, some intriguing guys at the running back position. There's two or three that interest you at tight end, but that's what the filtering is all about. Because, you know, if you look on paper, you know, you watch some highlights uh, from their career, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in this guy. Oh, this guy does something well. But then when you see them back to back in the senior bowl and you see, you see them for a lot of reps in person on very specific things that you watched the previous guy, it becomes clear very quickly on who are the haves and have nots. And I think that's just a truly invaluable thing. And I just wanted to, again, for, for all the UTH listeners, myself included, of just saying thank you, you know, for, uh, for, the, uh, for scheduling and, and for executing, because whether it was half of the practice uh, for the week or two thirds or a quarter, valuable data points. I just remember every Tuesday, you know, that we would go, it's your, your head is, you're trying to get around the numbers and identifying players as fast as humanly possible when you're seeing the reps. And then, but once you got that, I mean, it's, uh, it's just immersion of, of, of sucking down that information as quickly as possible. When you see all the reps and all the drills going on, um, anything else you'd like to add, uh, to kind of close up here for, uh, 2022 senior bowl that was for Katie flower. Uh, just want to give a shout out to my buddy, Ben. I was able to stop and have dinner with him and his wife on my way down to the senior bowl. He's in a uh, co-owner of a dynasty league with me. And he and I were in the first, he was part of the reason that I even got into dynasty in the first place. He was in that ESPN draft room asking questions. And I started talking to him and the other guy, and we both got into dynasty at the exact same time in 2014. So, uh, good to see him and his wife. Excellent. Um, and, and yeah, it's always good when, when you can combine it with, with other ventures, with your travel, uh, seeing, you know, select people, you know, when, when possible there at the, at the senior bowl as well, like you mentioned with, with Ray and, uh, and others this year. Um, so if you have questions for Katie, between episodes beyond this week, whether it's about the rookie class or these seniors, uh, senior bowl participants specifically, 
at FF underscore Skyler 399 over there on Twitter. And uh, I, I put out some content early in the week. It was mainly about the weigh-ins. Uh, this was truly invaluable. And again, open for all UTH listeners, uh, which is a huge uh, boon and, and value drop here for, for folks getting Katie to interview as she's driving. <laughs> so uh, you know, just trying to schedule that this week was more of a challenge than, than a typical week. And the fact that we were able to get it later, but still um, in for this week was a, was a huge plus and a huge thumbs up. So I wanted to thank Katie. Uh, I am Chad Parsons and remind you about signing up at UTHDynasty.com. If you like content, audio content, especially like this, sign up for things like the trade calculator or premium shows that are available with a general manager plus subscription there. Uh, So until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, keep building those dynasties.